Welcome to Kikai Runner on the Go. Um, this is the first episode for the year, and it's already almost halfway through the year. Sorry for that. Got really busy. As you might have noticed, I'm changing a few things about this podcast, so it's, it just goes a little bit snappier and a more entertaining. So I hope you like this episode. This is going to be short and sweet, containing mostly my interview with Chris McCormack about the creation of and the announcement of the Bahrain Endurance Team. Now, you might have heard about this team already. You might have heard about who's supposed to be in it. And uh, it's been swirling around since January this year. And I actually conducted this interview last month when I was in Phuket. But even if some of the details might have changed, The main point is this, the vision behind the Bari Endurance team is pretty cool. And I think Mac is proud to be part of it as a team manager. And I really wish them all the best. Hey, everyone. We're here at the offices. House of Genius. The House of Genius. And I'm sitting here with Mr. Chris McCormack. You've heard him on this podcast before. We're breaking some pretty big news. Oh, yeah. yeah. So with the, um, yeah, we have the, the announcement of the Bahrain Endurance 13 team. It was, uh, it's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of whispers about the team. And, uh, you know, it took a long time to actually deliver the news because there's a lot of protocols and things like that that have to go into play when you're, when you're launching something like this. Within Bahrain, but it's been the vision of His Highness Sheikh Nasser, um, who's an Ironman athlete himself, an endurance racer, and we've built out a, a team of the 13 best triathletes in the world, um, which we announced, and uh, and a young racing team. We call it the development team, which is five athletes attached to that, and uh, it's really really exciting. You've you know Javier Gomez, Jan Fredino, Daniela Riff, Carolyn Stefan, um, young Sam Appleton, a young Aussie kid who's. Uh, is one of my favourite up-and-coming young athletes of the future. Um, so you have Luke Bell, some some vets that are, are rock solid, and um, Joe Gamble's another Aussie. I know a lot of people think it's an Aussie team, but really we had to break up the uh, the world and look at some of the titles we wanted to win, and then pick the guys and girls that could do that. So as thirteen athletes, the reason we picked thirteen was it's. Um, we wanted a team, and His Highness's lucky number was 13, and uh, we thought, why not have a, a team of 13 athletes, and then ultimately uh, build through and, and create some pathways for Bahraini. So obviously the future is to have a, uh, a development program that leads Bahraini's, Bahraini triathletes, of which there's a lot of young good ones happening at the moment, um, okay. developing through at the moment, and, and show them the pathways to the top by giving them access to the world's best athletes. Okay, so how did it all begin? I mean, taking me back to the beginning. It began with a relationship I had with his, uh, with his, with his highness. highness. I met him at uh, Challenge Philippines a couple of years ago. We kicked it off pretty well. I flew across and did a marathon swim with him. I took some of my friends, Nick Gates, who is one of the team managers on the team, from the Tour de France rider. And we talked about a vision. And, uh, you know, I'd always had a, a, a conceptual vision of a, of a team. Now, teams are not new to triathlon, but I, I wanted a team that was more defined than it just being 
a bunch of triathletes doing triathlon. I wanted an endurance vision, and His Highness really shared that vision. So we talked about it a lot, and we ultimately plugged in some events and created the Triple Crown, mm-hmm. um, Challenge Triple Crown, yep. um, Bahrain, Dubai, and Oman with the million dollar prize purse, and then and this fit perfectly into uh, into that direction for him. So it's been a long time coming. We're hoping to launch uh, post Kona this year, but. You know, there was a lot of planning that went into play. There's a lot of things you have to, to look at, whether the viability of this would work. And uh, he put his people together. There's a lot, a lot of uh, other uh, agents about it and tried to <laughs> tried to think uh, they could jump aboard. And it was an opportunity for them. And, you know, they didn't. We ultimately lifted it off. And it's pretty exciting. It's, uh, it's in its infancy with the main vision being developing Bahrain talent. You know, and uh, you know, and and showing for his highness, he he, um, you know, this is he's, he's authentic. He actually does this, so he's not just a, a rich royal that invests in things and he'll be gone in a very very short time. He's a world champion endurance horse racer. He's an Ironman finisher. He has clear ambitions to personally himself personally qualify for Kona. He's rock solid. He's racing Ironman Cairns this year. He's mm-hmm. You know, he's a legitimate contender in his age group. I think he was seventh last year in his age in uh, in South African Ironman. And, you know, he fits this around all these royal duties, all these... He's a very, very busy man. So hats off to him being able to balance his, his very, very busy life with, with triathlon. And and this um, this is really cool, you know, for triathlon to be... It's a big plus, and uh, we just kicked it off really, really well. And you know, I have a lot of faith in him as a as a person, and uh, and in, in really fulfilling his vision. So we're sitting at the house here, and we all live in Thailand, as you know. Nick's over here, and uh, we've been working through the strategy of the team, dealing with athletes, and uh, and uh, trying to be clear on the direction we want to take because it's all new and groundbreaking, and trying to push a a team philosophy of which Nick Gates comes from out of cycling. That's true. Into um, into triathlon is difficult because triathletes are very very individualised mm-hmm. thinkers. But I think when they all heard the vision, how the team was structured, how it would work, what the expectations are, what you now everyone was pretty excited about it. So that's why we signed the athletes we did. Aside from the prince, is is Bahrain really big into endurance stuff? Um, well, his brothers. What it's it's really they're big endurance horse riders, and uh, he's he's, he's his Highness sees the the qualities of endurance racing as as admirable qualities, mm-hmm. and I think that's when we talk about his Bahrain vision. This is a man who's uh, basically the Minister of Health. He's a supreme council of sport and youth in mm-hmm. the Kingdom of Bahrain, and he, he wants to make a uh, the, this region of the world has severe diabetes problems. They're some of the unhealthiest, you know. Reports show that this region was is probably the unhealthiest in the world. They're considered non-active, mm-hmm. and he's a guy who could do anything he wants. He doesn't need to do this, but he, he thought, you know what, this is cool. I think the the qualities of endurance racing, be it marathon running, cycling, triathlon, endurance horse riding, are cool qualities. Like dedication, commitment, hard work, what you go through in the endurance race are very up and down, and they're admirable qualities and metaphors for life. And and he wants to show that endurance sport has qualities that should be reflected in your population and everybody should get off their butt and have a go and everybody should realise that things aren't easy and everybody so it's it's bigger than just um, it's bigger than just having triathletes winning races. This is a this is a guy who is trying to you know mould and shape a nation and uh, and, and a region and lead by example. So you know I think 
it's really, really cool because he's the first. He doesn't have to do this. He really doesn't have to do this. Mm -hmm. He's gone. You know, he, but he wants to because he really believes it. So it's really, really cool. Take me behind the scenes of how you chose these 13 athletes. Just a short yeah. crazy. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're brought on board to, to pick best athletes for the vision. I think the vision is to create, is to have great mentors first. Mm -hmm. Athletes had to be, you know, rock solid athletes, but you want to go top down so we started with the best guys we looked at the, the, the championship races what we wanted to win um, who was capable of doing that and, you know and, and who we were going to pick we didn't want to cannibalise ourselves by picking the same person that could do the same job so as a, as a management team we said okay who is our marquee Ironman guy Ian Fredino. Mm -hmm. That's who we believe we will get the most. Sebastian Kimo is the current world champion, but mm -hmm. we said Jan Fredino has a lot of upside. He's, he's been in Bahrain a lot, mm -hmm. and uh, he knows the prince himself personally. He, hadn't, he swam with me in the, in the big swim. Mm -hmm. and so we picked Jan, and on the 70.3 side, we picked Javier Gomez, who's the current world champion, because we believed we'd get big bang for our buck out of those two. They're, they're our two marquee players on the women's side. We picked Daniela Riff over um, Marinda Caffrey okay. to be successful at 70.3 and in Kona. And uh, then we wanted to pick athletes that we could get the most out of racing in the three continents in the world. Okay. We could win the big events. Jody Swallow, Carolyn Stefan are two stalwarts, just rock-solid competitors on the women's side. And, and on the men's side, we had guys like James Kunema, who, you know, he's not going to be... He was fourth in Kona two years ago. Mm -hmm. He's going to win two or three Ironmans a year. He's, gonna, he's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. He's a really good ambassador. He's a great talker. Luke Bell has some experience. You can get seventy point three racing. So we're looking for athletes that could that could multitask. You know, you've got your key guys at the top because these guys are paid on performance, and uh, you know we we have big, you know, great salaries for these athletes. But what is very different on our team is there is no caps, and athletes are paid to perform, and they pay very very well. So we really wanted to show them that they wouldn't be cannibalising their results. We would give them pathways where they could race and make substantial income, be really, truly for the first time in their life professional athletes, and, uh, which was a big vision of mine, and, uh, and you know, also give some of the younger guys a chance. So we've got young Sam Appleton, 24, the youngest on the team. He was a, a late pick for us. We were tossing between a couple, Josh Amberger and, and him, and I just really liked him. I just think he's... He's 24, he's got a good, his head screwed on, I've been following him for a couple of years, and, and so we put him on the, in the 13. Now a lot of people are going, wow, it's a big, big shoes to fill, but I think he has the maturity as a, as a person to fill those shoes. And uh, then with the racing team, we've got athletes like Paul Ambrose, Josh Amberger, Freddie Cronenberg, I'm in the racing team. <laughs> um, you know, because I don't think well, I'm good enough for the top 13. I'm not doing enough, and these guys are not good enough, but they, they're clearly... Now eyes, the next wave that could potentially make it. So uh, it was a lot, of, a lot of tossing and turning, a lot of talking. There was a few athletes we wanted that couldn't meet the, object, the objectives we wanted. We wanted a clear identification of uniform. We wanted them to align with a uniform choice. They, wanted, they had to believe in the vision. I didn't want. They, they had to be authentic as well and believe that this is cool for the sport and they want to be a part of it. And some people didn't. Some people didn't. I respect that. So you said that you're not doing enough training so you're not I know you're not actively racing these days and you're you're part of the management of this team so tell me what exactly do you do um, on, on, on paper on the clear the prince and I work together on the vision okay 
maybe clear direction. So on paper, my email signature, I guess, as the boys here have given me as the managing director, the, the, the team owner with His Highness. Okay. And, um, and I give clear directions to my team management, who is Derek King on the US side and Nick Gates on, um, on the European, European side. I tend to be in Asia and Australia. Okay. But I just go to the major events, the key events, make sure I manage all the sponsorship, manage the expectations of His Highness, keep the vision aligned, run all the branding in the back end. And, uh, yeah, just try and I've got sort of wearing multiple hats. So, Tell me about Javier Gomez. I mean, I'm aware that this is a team that's kind of focused more on the longer events, mm-hmm. right? And Yeah, well, he's the current world champion at the distance. He, uh, he gets an automatic start at the 70.3 Worlds. He's, he's ratifying his position. I think he's the guy to beat 70.3 Worlds. In my opinion, he's the best 70.3 athlete on the planet. And uh, and we want him to go to we want him to go to the Rio Olympics and we want him to want to win seventy point three us. So we've, we've employed him for a clear a clear job and uh, we're happy with our choice. We think he's a uh, marketing marketing wise he's the most famous triathlete on the planet right now. You know you just need to look at Facebook followers and Twitter followers. He's the man. So I. Uh, you know, he, he will migrate into a bigger position as he finishes with the Rio Olympics. Okay, but so he's he's actually definitely he's moving into the longer distances after Rio. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the moment, his focus is Rio. And Rio is two years time. We have a contract with him for two years, so he, um, yeah, everyone's coming for dinner. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for your time. No worries. Cheers. Now I'm heading back over to Phuket this weekend, and it's it's uh, not for work; it's for training. I'll be attending their heat acclimatization camp in the lead up towards Challenge Camp Sur. I didn't really bring a lot of my old fitness from Challenge Philippines into this phase of my training because I got sick for so long. So I'm hoping that this block of training that I'll do at Panyapura is going to help increase my fitness so that I can at least survive through Challenge Camsur. It is a fast course, but it is a hot one, so I don't want to drop like a dead fly. All right, so that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Catch you next time.